Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCreary, and today I am going to be talking about the 2023 NBA Draft. The draft was last night, and it was a lot of fun. I had a good time watching it, and I had done a lot of work leading up to the draft, researching the prospects. Um, So last night was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. But before we get into the draft, that's what that's going to be the main focus of this pod. But before I get into that, I do have to talk about a few trades that went down um, in, in the week leading up to the draft, starting off with the Bradley Beal trade. I know I'm a little bit late on this, but um, earlier this week, uh, the Phoenix Suns traded Chris Paul, uh, Lance Shamit, six second round picks in 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028, and 2030, as well as four pick swaps in 2024, 2026, 2028, and 2030 to the Phoenix, or to, uh, yeah, to the Phoenix Suns uh, for Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd. So the Suns get Bradley Bradley Beal and some backups, and the Wizards received Chris Paul, Langer Shamit, and a ton of second round picks and and uh, four pick swaps. This was a very interesting trade. Um, I I like it for both teams in some ways. I really like it for the Wizards. I know a lot of people were thinking that this was not a great return from Bradley Beal. And I agree to some extent. Um, You would rather get first round picks instead of pick swaps. You you, You would rather just receive extra picks. But they got a lot of draft capital in this trade. They got a good player in Landry Shamit. Um, they got Chris Paul, who is no longer a part of that uh, of the team, and I will talk about that later. Um, but I like this for the Wizards, and I and I can kind of understand why they didn't get as much because Br- Bradley Beal does have a pretty bad contract. He's a good player, but his contract is is a bit much for him. Um, so I like this trade for the Wizards. I think it makes them worse, which is good short term. They can get more high-end draft capital by just being bad, which is great. And they also get a ton of picks, which is just awesome. And I get that people don't value six-round picks very highly, but I think they're they're valuable when you stack them up like the Wizards are doing here. Um, so I like this trade for the Wizards. And for the Suns, I think it's an interesting trade. Obviously, this is good value. I mean, um, you're getting a, a highly talented player in Bradley Beal, and you didn't have to give up um, any any super talented players. You didn't have to give up any high-end draft capital in the short term. Um, and I think it makes, it makes them better. So I like it for that reason, or for those reasons. But... I don't love it for them, and here's why. I don't think trading for Bradley Beal solves their problems. They still have a weak bench. Their depth is not very good, and Bradley Beal is a talented shot creator, shot maker, rim finisher, just a really talented scorer who can pass a little bit, but that's not what the Suns needed. They needed more depth. They needed more guys who could come off the bench provide value in these secondary roles. And they traded some decent draft capital for Bradley Beal. Like that pick swap in 2030 could be awesome. And if it is awesome, then I think this trade is going to be a disaster. 
And now the Suns, they don't have any control of their own picks for the next eight years until 2031. Um, and, and I think this was a big risk for the short term. And I just don't think it makes them a better team than the Denver Nuggets. And so putting your future in jeopardy for a move that doesn't even make you the favorite to come out of your conference is foolish, in my opinion. Um, I don't love this deal for the Suns. I think it's a big risk um, with, I, I guess theoretically it has high upside, but realistically, I don't think they're going to come out of the West. I don't think they're better than Denver. Um, I like Bradley Beal and I like, I like the combination of him, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, but it's just, it's not a great team still. Like they still have major issues defensively. Um, their depth sucks. I mean, it's just a big, a big risk. Um, and I don't think they're going to receive the reward of it. So yeah, not a big fan of that trade as you can see. Let me get a drink real quick, and then we'll hop into another trade that happened. So the next trade I want to talk about is a trade between the Celtics, the Grizzlies, and the Wizards, which included Kristaps uh, Porzingis and Marcus Smart. So in this three-team deal, the Celtics received Kristaps Porzingis, uh, the 20th, 25th pick in the 2023 draft, um, and a 2024 first-round pick, which is from the Warriors and its top four protected. And the Grizzlies received Marcus Smart, and the Wizards received Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and the 35th pick in the 2023 draft. Um, I love this trade for the Celtics. I think Kristaps Porzingis is better than Marcus Smart, and they got two picks in the deal, which is awesome. I know Marcus Smart, I be or I believe that he is on a three-year deal right now, or has three years left on his contract, um, and Porzingis only has one year left. So he might be a rental, but I like Porzingis a lot. I thought he had a great year with the Wizards last year. I think he is better than the two bigs the Celtics have on their roster right now. Um, and I think he'll be a nice fit next to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I also like the fact that they got two picks in the deal, two first round picks at that. Um, that's awesome. I think this is a great haul for the Celtics. For the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies had to give up Marcus Smart and two first rounders. Um, or, sorry, the Grizzlies had to give up Tyus Jones and two first rounders to get Marcus Smart. Um, and I like Marcus Smart. I just don't think that's worth it. Um, I would have just probably re-signed Tyus Jones um, if I were them. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of this trade for the Grizzlies. I like Marcus Smart. I think he'll be great for them as a as a starting guard with John Morant missing the first 25 games of the season. But um, I don't love the value in this trade. And for the Wizards, they lose Kristaps Porzingis, um, but they do get Tyus Jones, who's a good a good young player. They also get a second round pick, um, or, or they got a second round pick in this year's draft. They also got Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala, who I don't think those guys are going to matter that much um, for them. Um, so this is not a great haul for Kristaps Porzingis, but they do get his money off the book. Um, off the books, um, which will make them worse next year, which is good. And they got more draft capital, though it is just a second-round pick. So all in all, I think this was a huge win for the Celtics um, and an okay trade for the Wizards and not a great trade for the Grizzlies. I don't love it for them. I like the player in Marcus Smart, 
just don't see the value in this deal for them. And now we can we can finish up the trade talk by talking about a deal that went down yesterday um, between the Warriors and the Wizards. The Wizards have been heavily involved in trades this week. So in this trade, the Warriors received Chris Paul and the Wizards received Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, a protected 2030 first round pick and a 2027 second round pick. This is a very interesting trade for the Warriors. They get Chris Paul, who is a good player, but he's at the end of his career and likely won't play much longer. And they traded Jordan Poole, who is a talented young player, though he is on a big contract, and I think that's the big reason why they wanted to get rid of him. And they also traded a protected 2030 first-round pick, um, a second-rounder later in the future, and Ryan Rollins. So I think that this trade signals that the Warriors did not like Jordan Poole very much. If they did, I don't think they would be attaching a first-round pick in 2030 along with a second-round pick and Ryan Rollins to, to get rid of them. Um, so this is just a really interesting trade, and I don't know how much value the, that Chris Paul is going to give them next season. Um, he, he is aging a bit, and he's getting worse as he ages. And so I'm just not sure that he's going to provide much impact for them as they try to make a deep playoff run. And for the Wizards, you know, I don't really care that much about Jordan, Jordan Poole for them. I think he'll be productive for them. But I'm not super high on Jordan Poole, and I don't love his contract. Um, but I do like them getting a first-round pick in 2030. I like that a lot. And I guess that Jordan Poole could theoretically become a, an impactful player. In Washington, um, I'm just not sure that that the odds of that happening are high. Um, but he's a good player. I like him a lot. Think he's think he's um, a talented player who can shoot a little bit, can score, and can pass. But he's just not great defensively, and his impact metrics have been um, pretty subpar throughout his uh, young career. But yeah, a very interesting trade all around here, and it'll be interesting to see how it works out. All right, now we can go ahead and dive into the 2023 NBA Draft, which is what this whole podcast is going to be focused on. Um, I'll, I, I don't know if I'm going to go through each individual first-round pick, but I will go through some picks that I thought were interesting, interesting in the first round, and then I'll talk about some teams I thought won the draft and some teams I thought were or lost the draft or were losers in last night's draft. Let me get a drink real quick, and we'll dive right in. All right, so um, last night the, the San Antonio Spurs had the number one overall pick, and they drafted Victor Wembanyama. No surprise, Victor Wembanyama is a generational prospect, in my opinion, um, hyper elite prospect. So good offensively and defensively, um, has a, has the potential to be a all world defender in the NBA and a fantastic rim protector. And offensively, he's so skilled, um, has a great handle for his size has elite shooting upside for a big man, can pass a little bit, though he's not an amazing passer or, or anything like that. And I think he has the potential to be a, a pretty good shot creator, especially for a guy who is 7-4. Um, so I think Victor Wembanyama is super talented on both ends of the floor and has the potential to be one of, if not the best player in the NBA someday. And even if he doesn't hit his, his ultimate ceiling, I think it is highly likely that he is going to be a valuable um, starter in the NBA. 
He's a good player, and I like him a lot. Um, he, he was the number one player on my big board and pretty much everyone's big board, and he was the obvious pick at number one. And then at number two, the Charlotte Hornets uh, took Brandon Miller, a wing from Alabama, and a lot of people hate this pick. Like, everyone on Twitter was crapping on this selection, and I get it. I think Scoot Henderson was a, was a, a good bit better as a prospect and fit a more valuable mold as a, you know, talented on-ball creator who can score and pass at a high level um, and can, you know, is effective as a mid-ring shooter and is just a great athlete who can put pressure on the rim. I like what Scoot Henderson provides more than Brandon Miller. And I even liked Amen, or Amen and Asore Thompson more than Brandon Miller. Um, I had Brandon Miller fifth on my board, so I thought taking him at two was, you know, a bit of a reach. But I see the value in Brandon Miller. He's a tall wing who can shoot. He's a really good scorer, a great shot maker, an elite shooter for his size. I think he's really good. I like him a lot. I think he can pass a little bit. I think he's a good decision maker offensively um, and, and can defend a little bit. Though I don't think he's elite in either of those departments. Um, but I like him a lot. I think he's got a high floor. If he busts, I'd be kind of surprised. Uh, but I don't think he has star upside. I don't think he's a good enough passer or you know, interior scorer to be a star in the NBA, but I do think he can be a sub all-star caliber player, someone who is a really good star, a really good starter for a high level team. Um, I like him a lot. I just didn't think he had the upside of Scoot Henderson, Amin Thompson, or Asor Thompson. Um, but I don't absolutely hate this pick. Um, I don't think, I don't think Brandon Miller is going to be a bust. Um, I just don't think he is quite as good as the other players that were available on the board. Then with the Portland Trailblazers, they took Scoot Henderson. Um, I, lo I love him. I think he's a, a very good player. I do think that he has some, some issues that he needs to work on that can keep him from hitting his ceiling. And I think there is a, a decent shot that, you know, he underperforms his draft slot and, you know, becomes just a, a good starter or a, or a good role player. Um, because, Last season, his production in the G League uh, was underwhelming, um, especially when you compare uh, to it, compare his production to how he produced when he was just 17 um, during his first season in the G League. So, um, and part part of the reason why why he was less productive was injury. He was dealing with injuries throughout the season, um, so maybe that's why he wasn't as productive. Um, and, but like the interior scoring metrics were were underwhelming. Um, his two-point percentage this year was poor. His defensive metrics were not great. Um, and he's not a great three-point shooter right now, though I think he'll be okay as a long-distance shooter in the NBA. Um, so, Scoot Henderson is not perfect, but I do think he, he has a very valuable skill set. And I like his, his length and his athleticism. And I think he has a very high ceiling. Um, but I do want to point out that I think that there is a, 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 a realistic possibility that he doesn't hit his ultimate upside. So at, at number four, the Houston Rockets drafted uh, Amin Thompson from a guard, big guard from the overtime elite. And I love this pick. I am a huge fan of Amin Thompson. He's a big guard with good length and nuclear athleticism who is great at getting to the rim, finishing at the rim, and he's also a high-level passer, um, a really good ball handler, and a great defender 
I love Amin Thompson, and I think he fits in perfectly with this roster. I love his fit. Um, I think this is just an, an amazing pick by the Houston Rockets. High upside. And I even think that he has a high floor. I think that he has so many high-level skills that will that, that give him a, a really strong possibility of being, at minimum, a solid role player at some point. So, I like Amin Thompson a lot. I think he is a very good player. And I love this fit in Houston, next to Jalen Green, next to Jamari Smith, next to Alperin Sengun. I love this fit. Then at number five, the Detroit Pistons took a sore Thompson um, really good player. Um, he's the twin brother of, of Amin Thompson. Um, not quite, he has a kind of a similar skill set to Amin, but he's not quite the on-ball creator or the athlete that his brother is, but still really good player with a lot of high-level connect, connecting skills. I think he'll fit in uh, decently well next to Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. It's not a perfect fit in Detroit, um, but I do like the talent. I think he's worth the pick. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how his rim finishing um, and just his ability to, to put pressure on the rim uh, fits next to Jaden Ivey and Kate Cunningham. Um, let's see, um, the Orlando Magic took Anthony Black at number six. I thought this was a bit of a reach, and I don't love the fit here. Um, I'll reserve my thoughts on this because I did want to talk about the Magic later on. Um, one of the more surprising picks in the first round was the Indiana Pacers trading the seventh pick to the uh, Washington Wizards, who then took Bilal Koulibaly, who I like. I like Bilal Koulibaly. I had a first-round grade on him. I just didn't love uh, the value here. I thought trading up for him um, was not a great move for the Wizards. I like him. I like the talent. He's a big wing with great length, who's a good perimeter defender, a great interior scorer, um, and has some upside as a shooter and a passer. He needs to get better in those areas to hit his uh, to hit his ceiling. But I like the foundation here, especially for an 18-year-old. Um, I thought his production in um, overseas was awesome. Just don't think that he is good enough right now uh, for a team to trade up and take him inside the top 10. Um, interesting pick. It could work out, but I'm just not sure it was great value for the Wizards. Um, at 8, the Wizards took Jairus Walker from Houston, um, and this was traded to the Indiana Pacers in the in the deal in which the Wizards got cool of Bali. Um, love this deal for the Pacers. I think Walker fits in perfectly with their roster. Um, he's one of the top defenders in the draft. He also has, you know, some upside as a passer and a shooter. And so I think that he is a great fit in Indiana next to, um, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Who is their big man? Um, Miles Turner. I don't know how I forgot his name, but I love his fit next to him. And I think he'll be an awesome, awesome player in Indiana. And then at number nine, the Jazz took Taylor Hendricks. Love that fit here. Um, I think he fits in really well next to Wolfram Kessler because he can shoot um, from distance. He's a good three-point shooter and a, and a good shot blocker. Um, also a good athlete who's a, who's a solid play finisher, can score at the rim. Um, I like this fit. I think he needs to get better as a passer. Um, but really, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses in his game. I like T Taylor Hendricks a lot, and I think he is a great fit in Utah. Next up, we have one of my favorite picks in the first round. The Thunder traded up to the 10th pick with the Dallas Mavericks to select Kaysen Wallace, a guard from Kentucky. 
Love this pick. Thought it was awesome. Um, I think he fits in really well in, in Oklahoma City. Um, he's a great player, uh, solid offensive player. Make, he's a great decision maker with the ball in his hands. He can score at the rim. He can shoot from mid-range. He's a awesome defender. He is a little bit small, isn't the biggest guard, um, but I think he has great two-way potential. He compares really, really well with uh, Drew Holiday. I think they have similar games. Um, so I like this pick, um, and I like the ups, the uh, home run swing by the Thunder to try up to get him. Um, let's see, any, any interesting picks? The Mavs got Derek Lively the second with the 12th pick, which they received from the Thunder. Um, interesting pick here. I don't, I'm not quite sure how Lively fits on that team. I don't know if he's going to start. I like him a lot. He's a big, a big dude with great length. Um, he's an awesome rim protector, um, and a great play finisher. I like that, that pick a lot in terms of value. Like, I think he has the potential to be a really good player at the next level because he's also a solid passer um, and has some upside in that area. But I know a lot of people were a, a little lower on Derek Lively, but I thought this was solid value, um, and I think he's a good player. And I like the fact that the Mavs were able to trade down, unload uh, Davis Merton's contract, and then uh, just to get Derek Lively, who they may have taken at number 10, I like that. Um, it'll just be really interesting to see what role Lively has on this team as a rookie. Uh, next up, the Raptors drafted a Grady Dick from Kansas. I love this pick. He's a uh, Dick is an awesome shooter um, who, who provides a lot of ancillary skills. Like He's a solid passer. He's a good off-ball defender. Um, he isn't going to be a star in the NBA because he isn't a great on-ball creator. But I think he is going to be, at minimum, a solid role player. And I like him a lot. And I think he may potentially have some sneaky upside because he is a solid athlete. And his impact metrics at Kansas were really good for a freshman. Next up, the Pelicans drafted Jordan Hawkins. A bit of a reach, in my opinion. He is a shooter, and that's valuable. Um, but there are a lot of, you know, 6'5 shooters out there. And so I don't think that he was worth a 14th pick in the draft. I would have taken him at the back end of the first round, probably more in the second round. Um, so I was not a huge fan of this pick, but I do think there is, um, that he does have the potential to be a solid player for New Orleans. Let's see, any uh, other interesting picks? I like the Jazz taking Keontae George at 16. He's a talented shot maker who can pass a little bit. Um, and he's just a really a really talented shot creator. Um, not a perfect prospect. And I, I'm, I, I do like him more in the back half of the top 10 rather than being taken in the lottery. Um, so I like that pick. Uh, the Heat ended up taking Jaime uh, Yaquez Jr. from UCLA. Um, I like this pick a lot. I'm a huge fan of Yaquez. Um, he's a talented player. Was awesome at UCLA as a mid-range shooter. Um, he was a very good defender at UCLA. Um, and his impact metrics were off the charts all um, throughout his collegiate career. Um, he is a great athlete, so maybe the defense doesn't translate. And he's also not a great three-point shooter. Um, but I do think that he can be a, a good role player in the NBA and maybe a solid starter. I'm a big fan of Yaquez. Uh, I do want to talk about the Hawks' first-round pick, Kobe Bufkin. 
Um, this was an interesting pick. Uh, Cam Whitmore fell a lot in this draft. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it was due to medicals. There were reports that he wasn't interviewing well and had some poor workouts. Um, so I was I was want, wanting the Hawks to take Cam Whitmore, but instead we went with Kobe Bufkin, guard from Michigan. And I like Bufkin. He's a good offensive player, um, can shoot from the perimeter. He's a, a, a good mid-ring shooter, an elite rim finisher for his size. Also has some two-way potential. I think he is a decent defender. Um, so I like this pick. He's not going to start for us, but I think he can be a really good backup guard when Trey when Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are not on the floor. Um, at 19, the Golden State Warriors took Brandon, Brandon Podzimski, and I love this pick. I think Podzimski is a super talented offensive player. He can shoot, he can score, and he can pass. Um, and he does all three at a high level. He's not a great athlete, and he doesn't have great size. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be a great defender at the next level. But I love his offensive skill set. Um, and I think he is a great player. And getting him at 19 is an awesome value for the Warriors. Next up, the Houston Rockets took Cam Whitmore with the 20th pick. Great value here. Whitmore is a big wing who's also a great athlete. I think he's going to be a really great perimeter defender in the NBA. He also can shoot a little bit and is a great uh, rim finisher and interior scorer all around. I like Whitmore a lot. The playmaking needs to get better. Um, he, he isn't a great decision maker offensively. Um, and I don't think he has the, the passing ability to be a star in the NBA. But I do like him a lot. And him going at 20 is kind of crazy. I thought he was going to go in the lottery um, and should have been a lottery pick. I like him a lot. Um, didn't like him enough. I, I don't think he's quite good enough as a shooter or a passer right now. Uh, for me to bet, for me to say that he is going to be a star in the NBA, but I did think that at minimum he would be a, a good role player and a solid starter. So I like Whitmore a lot. He's a good player, and if things work out, he could potentially be a sub All Star caliber player. I want to talk about the Nets a little bit. In the first round, um, they had the 21st and 22nd picks, and they ended up going with Noah Clowney and Derek Whitehead. Clowney is a, a mobile big man who can protect the rim and defend in space. He also has some shooting upside, um, and I, so I like his fit next to um, the net center, and I'm forgetting his name. Why, have, why am I forgetting everyone's name? Um, Nick Claxton. That's who I was talking about. Um, I think he fits really well next to Claxton. I like him a lot. And Derek Whitehead was a talented player coming out of high school. Uh, suffered some injuries. Um, and just didn't have a great freshman season at Duke, but he did shoot really well from three, um, and his numbers in the EYBL from high school were great. Um, I think he has some upside as a defender and a passer, so this is an interesting upside swing here. Um, I don't think it's great value. I would have taken Derek Whitehead more at the end of the first round, maybe closer to the second round, but I do see um, some upside in his game. And so it'll be interesting to see um, how his career plays out. Um, the Blazers got Chris Murray. Love that pick. I think he is a great role player uh, with some potential to be a solid starter. He can shoot a little bit. He's a good athlete. Um, he can rebound. Um, he's a solid defender. Um, I think he's, he's a good player. 
and I like that pick for the Blazers. The Kings took Olivier Max's Prosper from Marquette, and this was traded to the Mavericks. Not a great pick here. I wasn't a huge fan of Prosper as a prospect. He is a good defender, uh, but other than that, don't think he was a great player at, at Marquette, um, and the impact metrics were not very good. I think it's more likely than not that he doesn't have a great career in the NBA. The Grizzlies at 25 took Marcus Sasser guard from Houston. I love this pick. It was traded to the Pistons, and I think Marcus Sasser is an awesome prospect. Really good player who can score at all three levels, and, and he's a great shooter, a great rim finisher for his size. He's also a solid passer, and he can defend a little bit. He has a nice wingspan, which will help him out defensively. And as a rim finisher, I like this a lot. Um, and this spells trouble for um, for Killian Hayes, um, as I think Sasser could potentially replace him as the Pistons' backup point guard. Uh, the Pacers took Ben Shepard at 26. I'm not a huge fan of this pick. Uh, ben Shepard had a nice season last year um, as he was a really good shooter for, for Belmont, but his free throw shooting wasn't amazing, so I don't think he's going to be an elite shooter, and I think he needs to be a pretty great shooter to be a valuable player in the NBA, so wasn't a huge fan of that pick. Um, the Jazz went with Bryce Sensible at pick 28, and I love this pick. I'll talk about that a little more. Uh, the 20 At 29, the Pacers took Julian Strother, uh, and that pick was traded to the Denver Nuggets. Good shooter. Not sure he's worth a first-round pick, but I do think he, he will be a great fit in Denver playing alongside Nikola Jokic. Um, I'll go back a little bit. At 27, the Hornets took Nick Smith Jr., Talented player, um, like Sensible, I'll talk about that pick a little more in a bit. And at number 30, the Clippers took Kobe Brown. I like that pick. Um, good player. Um, he needs to. I, he needs his shooting to translate for him to be a valuable player in the NBA. But I like the upside swing here. Um, and I think this was decent value for Kobe Brown. Now let's look at a few picks that I thought were good value in the second round. Starting off at... Uh, 33, the Spurs took Leonard Miller. That pick was traded to the Timberwolves. I like Leonard Miller. He's this big wing, uh, good athlete, got a good wingspan. Um, he's a good rim finisher, good interior scorer, um, who also um, was just overall super productive and efficient as a scorer in the G League. He's a great rebounder. Um, I think he has the potential to be a, a good player in the NBA. He just fits a weird mold because he isn't a great passer. He isn't a great shooter. And um, he's not, you know, he's got a, a thin frame. And he's not, his position right now isn't fully defined. So he need, you know, the Timberwolves will have to find the perfect spot to place him at the next level, but he's a talented player, and it, it'll be interesting to see how he translates to the next level. Uh, next up, Kobe Jones, um, picked by the Hornets, traded to the Kings. I like this pick. He's just a solid player who can, who can shoot mid-range jumpers. Um, has some. Uh, he's a pretty good passer for a wing, so I like that pick, I, and, and I like this pick for the Kings. Um Next up, we have Julian Phillips. The Celtics picked him, and that pick is traded to the Bulls. So Julian Phillips is headed to Chicago. I like Phillips a lot. Um, big wing. Um, he was a freshman this year at Tennessee. Uh, he's a great defender with passing upside um, and some shooting upside as he shot really well from the free throw line. Um, I don't think he's guaranteed to, be, guaranteed to be a great player at the next level because 
Offensively, he's a bit raw and needs to develop as a shooter and a passer. But the defense is legit, um, and I think he does have some two-way upside, so I like that pick for the Bulls. Um, let's see, anybody else who I thought was great value? Um, I love the Jalen Clark pick for the Timberwolves. Clark is a a small wing, undersized wing, who is a great defender and a good passer, solid decision maker offensively. He's also a good rim finisher, so I think he can be a role player potentially at the next level. The Kings took Jalen Slauson at, at 54. Love that pick. I think Slauson is a super talented player. Um, his impact metrics were, were not elite in college, um, especially considering he played at Furman. So I think that, you know, maybe his skill set doesn't translate to the NBA, but he is a solid athlete who can, um, he was a, a good passer and a, def- and a, a good defender. He, he's also a good rim finisher. Um, and he has some shooting upside as he shot, um, around 34.5% from three, his last two seasons in college and also shot decently well from the free throw line. I like him a lot, and I think he has the potential to be a role player, um, though his chances of hitting that upside are a bit low considering he was t- he was picked at the back end of the second round. I also want to talk about Trace... I also love... Sorry, I love the Trace Jackson Davis pick uh, by the Warriors. He was taken by the Wizards, but that pick was traded to Golden State. Love that pick. I love Trace, Trace Jackson Davis. And I'll talk about that pick a little bit, um, actually right now. So that wraps up my thoughts uh, for the first and the second round. I do want to talk about some winners and losers of the NBA draft. Um, and I'll talk about that here. So let's start off with some winners. I have three winners, starting off with the Houston Rockets. They picked Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore. And I love these picks. I think both guys are, are good value at where they picked them. Whitmore was a steal at 20. And I think they fit really well on the roster. Um, Amin Thompson is going to be that that primary ball handler who can pr- put pressure on the rim, who can pass um, and can defend. And Cam Whitmore is going to be a floor spacer who can defend on the perimeter, um, can score from the perimeter, and can score at the rim. So I like that. Another winner I had was the Utah Jazz, who had three picks. They picked at number 9, 16, and 28. And they got Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensible. I love, like I mentioned earlier, I love Hendricks' fit next to Walker Kessler as the shooter who can provide secondary rim protection. I love Ke- Keontae George as a talented shot creator, scorer, and passer with shooting upside. Um, I like him a lot, and I think he'll be um, a nice, a nice fit in this offense. Maybe he replaces um, the Jazz starting point guard. Um, um, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. I don't know why I'm forgetting everyone's name. Let me pull up their depth chart. Jeez. Who is their point guard? Colin Sexton. Thank you, man. Jeez. So I think he can potentially replace Colin Sexton one day. And then they got Bryce Sensenball, a super talented shot, uh, shot maker, scorer, and shooter. One of the best um, in all those areas in this entire class. I think he may have fell due to injuries and medicals, but... He's a great player who could replace Jordan Clarkson for the Jazz. So I like all these players. I think it was good value at each pick. And I'll, I just love the fits uh, for Utah. So shout out to them. The Jazz just knocked this draft out of the park. And then to finish off with my winners, I had the Golden State Warriors who took Brandon Podzimski and Trace Jackson Davis. 
Podzimski is a super talented offensive player, like I mentioned earlier. And Trace Jackson Davis is this undersized center who's a really good athlete, who, who's a great rebounder, um, a, a good scorer, um, a great passer for a big, and has the potential to be a, a good defender at the next level. The fact that he was um, almost undrafted is insane to me. I would have taken him in the first round. I love him. Um, he isn't much of a shooter, and he needs to get better as a rim finisher. Um, but I, I just, I love the skill set here, and I think he can be a really good role player for the Golden State Warriors. Maybe not now, but down the road, I definitely think that's a possibility. All right, now let's talk about some losers. Uh, not a lot of teams had bad drafts. I think there was really only one team whose draft I didn't like that much at all, and that was the Los Angeles Lakers. So at 17, they took Jalen hood Shafino, and at 40, they took Maxwell Lewis. Jalen hood Shafino is a big guard um, who can pass a little bit. Um, he's also a good mid-range shooter and provides some defensive impact. However, he's not a great athlete. He doesn't you know, create easy shots off the dribble. Um, he takes too many mid-range jump shots, in my opinion. Um, and he shot poorly from three and at the rim as a freshman, and his impact metrics were not very impressive. I think Hood Shafino is okay value, you know, at the very end of the first round, maybe at the beginning of the second round. Um, but I just don't love his fit in Los Angeles. I, I think that he has a very specific skill set. He needs the ball. He needs to be allowed to operate as a pick-and-roll ball handler. And I'm just not sure he's going to be able to do that in Los Angeles. I think the Lakers should have targeted uh, guys who can be, you know, role players for them, who can shoot and defend, guys like Cam Whitmore. Um, I think that would have been a great fit, a great pick for them at 17. Um, so I, I like Jalen hood Shafino a little bit. I see, I see the value in his skill set. I just don't think that his skill set is a great fit in Los Angeles. And then at number 40, I'm just not a huge fan of Maxwell Lewis. Um, he's a talented scorer and shooter who can create his own shot and is effective a little bit shooting, uh, scoring inside the arc, especially at the rim. But, and he, and he does have some three-point shooting upside. However, he's a turnover machine who can't play defense, and he was not an impactful player in college, despite playing at Pepperdine for two seasons. I'm out on him. I get why some people are intrigued by him, but um, I think that for him, for his skill set to work in the NBA, he needs to be a, ta a, a good on-ball player, and I think his, his passing, his decision-making offensively, um, and his defense needs to get better for him to, to you know, be impactful in that role. Um, so I'm just not a huge fan of this pick whatsoever. I, I'm not a big Maxwell Lewis guy. I probably wouldn't have drafted him. Um, but that's just me and my preference. So, um, as you can see, I was not a huge fan of the Lakers draft. Moving on, let's talk about the Orlando Magic, who took Anthony Black with the 6th pick and Jet Howard with the 11th pick. Anthony Black is a good player. He's a good passer. He can get to the rim. He's a great defender, great at getting to the free throw line. Um, so, I like his, his potential as a two-way player, but... He's not a great shooter, not a great scorer, um, and I just worry about about how valuable he's going to be on the ball if he can't shoot or score, um, and I don't love his fit in Orlando. I think they needed more shooting, um, and, and, and right now, like, their starters are Markel Fultz, Anthony Black, maybe, um, Franz Wagner, Paula Bencaro, 
um, and then Wendell Carter Jr. There's just not enough floor spacing in that starting lineup. So I would, if I were them, I would have been more interested in Kaysen Wallace, Grady Dick, um, Taylor Hendricks, um, you know, just players who can sp- who can space the floor and shoot. Um, and Kaysen Wallace would have been a better fit than Anthony Black, in my opinion, and he would have been b- better value. So I wasn't a huge fan of that pick. And then at number 11, they took Jet Howard, who was a good player, a tall 6'8 wing who can shoot and score from the perimeter at a high level. But he can't do much other than that. He is a good decision maker offensively as well. I will point that out. But I'm just not a huge fan of the rest of his skill set. He's not a great defender. Not a, He doesn't provide any rebounding. He's really just a shooter and a scorer from the perimeter. And that has some value. But that's not a skill set that's worth taking in the lottery, in my opinion. If I were the Magic, I would have been more interested in taking Grady Dick, um, Cam Whitmore, um, maybe you know, someone like that, guys who can space the floor and have these other ancillary skills. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of, of Jet Howard at this spot, especially considering the players who were still on the board. So um, I like the players that the Magic took. Um, I just don't like them for the Magic's roster, and I don't think that it was great value with either player. Hopefully they proved me wrong, um, but... Right now, just not a huge fan of the Magic draft. Then, let's end the pod talking about the Charlotte Hornets. Now, the Charlotte Hornets did not have a bad draft, in my opinion. Um, Like I said, there weren't many teams who had bad drafts. I think there really was only one, and that was the Lakers. Um, But um, there were some issues that I had with the Hornets draft, starting off with, you know, the Brandon Miller selection. I wouldn't have taken him over Scoot Henderson, and I wouldn't have taken him over um, Amin, Amin Thompson, and probably not even a sore Thompson. But he is a good player um, who will fit in really well with the Hornets, and that's because he will fit in really well with every single team in the NBA. His skill set is just really valuable and really portable, and there's value in that. I just think there is more valuable in a guy like Scoot Henderson who is a good scorer, a, a good rim finisher, um, and a really good passer. I just think that Scoot Henderson has the potential to be a really good on-ball creator in a way that Brandon Miller does not. So um, this was an okay pick, but definitely not the right selection in my opinion. And then at number 27, they took Nick Smith Jr., who is a talented scorer and shot maker, um, but he really struggled as a freshman in, at Arkansas. Um, he has some passing upside and some defensive upside, but he's small. Um, he wasn't great as a shooter at Arkansas. He struggled to finish at the rim. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of Nick, Nick Smith Jr. I would have been fine taking him in the second round, um, but just not a huge fan of his skill set, and I thought his production at, at Arkansas was pretty bad. I get that he was injured, but still, like, just not a huge fan of his skill set. I think he relies too heavily on mid-range jumpers. Um, and I don't think he's a great, uh, passer. Um, so I like him and I like, or I like the potential and I like, you know, his production from the EYBL. It was pretty impressive. Um, just didn't like what I saw from him at Arkansas. And I think there is a good chance that he, that he bust in the NBA and it isn't a, a productive player, but there also is a chance that he is because he, he can score a little bit. Um, he does have some passing upside. Um, 
and he can shoot a little bit. So uh, if he develops in all those areas, he can be a good player. I'm just worried that he won't. And then at 41, the Hornets ended up taking Amari Bailey, and I, I actually love that pick. I think that's good value, so I didn't have an issue with that pick. I just had an issue with the Brandon Miller and the Nick Smith selections, but still, I do I do admit that, no, that those picks could work out in the long run. I just worry that they're leaving a little bit too much value on the table. Well, that's all I have for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun breaking down the draft and watching the draft last night. It was a, a lot of fun. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, at some point this summer, I'm going to get get Thomas Smith to come back on the podcast and we'll break down the AFC conference and what we can expect from every team in the AFC um, in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it and I will see y'all next time.